and welcome to another episode of Kill James Bond, and we're back with a full compliment. I am Alex Caldwell Kelly. Joining me, as always-ish, my friends, Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello! How you doing? We're so close to being done with Uncle, and honestly, it's it's bittersweet I'm gonna miss him! Now. I'm gonna miss Napoleon Solo. This is the last, like, full 60s Uncle. We've still got the 15 years later mm-hmm. affair. Mm-hmm. Should do next Plus, time. you know, the, the sort of maximum cancellation reboot movie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie rapidly approaching a 100% cancellation rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is How to Steal the World, which is the movie that they made of literally the last uh, episode of The Man from Uncle, because they cut that off mid-season. Uh, it got a bit too silly for them in season three, so they made season four, and then... Uh, you know, the network executives pulled the rug out from under Robert Vaughan um, and went, nope, no more uncle. You you stop screening on this one. So the other, the back half of season four is a, is like lost to time. And what we ended up with was this, How to Steal the World, yeah. which is like a two- kind of a kind of a fitting wrap up, actually. It ends in an interesting way, as we'll see. Yeah, I yeah. thought this was a, like a remarkably good send off to uncle. Uh, mm. When it's all said and done, I also think that this is not even just like I gotta put my my flag in the ground here. I reckon this is not even just like a a good uncle movie. I think this is a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's pretty decent. It's a strong stance, but you know, for for a movie with two point nine on Letterboxd, uh, <laughs> no ratings anywhere else. What the fuck is, because... what the fuck is Letterboxd? I don't read that shit. I'm a it's just a five point three on IMDb. Out of ten, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's it going to get on the scum score? The only score that matters. We will find That's out right. together. Right. That's right. Uh, but so we begin forty miles east of Macau in Southeast Asia, where once again, and we've learned this from Bond movies, right? Sinister refugee organizations. If an organization says something like, uh, you know, it's it's the International Committee for the Widows and Orphans of Refugees of Trauma. Brotherhood of whatever. Everyone Being Friends Incorporated actually One hundred percent those people are trying to like uh kill the Queen, steal some gold, uh, uh, uh that's wet Blofeld's front. There's been like five different things where a nefarious refugee organization is happening. But we start with a gunfight at the office of the Legitimate Refugee Association. Um, and at this point, like, we've been used to weird uncle opening sequences. This one seems actively, like, inimical to making a movie. It seems actively hostile to uncle, to the man from uncle. We, like, we get the sort of big, big starring freeze frames on Robert Vaughn uh, and David McCallum. One of them is out of shot, the other one is out of focus. Perfect. Yeah, because they're trying to like pause this action sequence, which also doesn't really help the action sequence, to be honest. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's not a great title sequence. But a shitty title sequence is what Uncle's all about. That's, That's true. right. Um, Solo and Kuriakin are in a gunfight with a guy called Webb, um, who escapes by just sort of diving out a window onto an awning. Getting into a Jaguar E Type driven by a beautiful woman. Yeah, um, this red Jaguar E Type <laughs> driven by a sexy lady pulls up, and I'm like, oh, yes, okay, the movie has mm. begun. Yeah, yeah there's absolutely. a femme fatale involved here. Immediately. So, you know. Um, and the boys, the boys give chase at a car and then get perfectly blown up. 
yes, a guy who they had already shot sort of like reaches out from beyond the grave to fire a pre-positioned grenade launcher at their car, destroying it. And then you get two consecutive shots of uh, Vaughn and McCallum hurling themselves laterally mm-hmm. into shot. They use the sideways eject like, seat from the from one of yeah, the previous exactly. movies. Exactly, they've just been like blown perfectly horizontally away from this thing. Uh, the um, the sexy lady driving the E Type Jaguar is Mrs. Kingsley, by the way, and she is oh, we married. Don't know yet. We don't know that. We yet. do because Webb says, "Thank you, Mrs. Kingsley," um, ah, and uh, okay, she fine. is married to to Uncle Agent Mr. Kingsley. Mr. Mm-hmm. Kingsley, the Uncle Agent. As we now Kingsley. learn, as we cut to UNCLE HQ HK. Mm. Yeah, because Hong they Kong, even manage to make Hong Kong look like shit. They give it the traditional New York looks like shit establishing shot. <laughs> yeah, um, it says New York, and I'm like, it says Hong Kong, and I'm like, is it? Is that? Is that <laughs> New York? Yeah. That's just Hong- New York for a Hong separate Kong, angle. That's the, the same yeah. building. Yeah, the New York City of Hong Kong, mm-hmm. um, where they have a set, like a parallel uncle office with everything the same. They have a Waverly brackets Hong Kong, who's like more irascible. Yeah, um, is this and uh, could the guy playing Waverly like? Did he die? Could he not do this scene? Is this one of those extra scenes they shot? I'll, I'll I don't be know honest. Why this we see Waverly in a few extra scenes, and he's checking out. Yeah, he's yeah, not no, he's well. Out. I think he's getting <laughs> he's a bit old to do these. Yeah, sort of audibly slurring his lines. Yeah. I mean, kind of everyone fluffs their lines in this. It has a bit of a sort of a last day of school vibe. Yeah, but Waverly ending every movie by looking at the camera and being like, "I'm going to die soon." Is finally starting <laughs> to catch up with him. Yeah, the poor yeah. boss. <laughs> um, so the boys, yeah. the boys meet Waverly brackets Hong Kong. And then uh, he just kind of yells at them. Yeah, he's like, "Because Kingsley is an uncle agent, and he's gone missing, uh, and he's like, but nobody knows that knows what the deal is or why his wife is suddenly attacking them." Um, and they're searching his office right now, and there's like an uncle agent and a secretary searching the office, and they find yeah, this. This is one of my favorite things. <laughs> they find this, this capsule, and yeah. the guy goes, "Don't touch it." immediately touches it and like yeah. opens it so like his only beef there was like no your womanly hands can never like get in fucking gassed uh, right but yeah. he, he uh, opens it and then there's a jump cut and and it disappears we are later told that like this is meant to be the capsule dissolving i thought this was an editing mistake yeah it's literally yeah. he opens it and we get man from uncle classic a gas is involved i see a little bit of vapor mm. coming out of that thing and i go fucking perfect let's go and then yes. it just like hard cuts to the exact same shot but without the canister like it's a close-up on his hand and it just it looks horrific and they just kind of stare into space for a minute and then they come in to report to like as uh, fucking Waverly Brackets Hong Kong is chewing out Elia and Solo. The dude who found the capsule comes into his office and is like high as balls. Yeah, d- d- do you see this what so this good. says about our society? That when he says kind of a vapor, he's referring to a gas, to an object. Whereas we, in our benighted age, would take the line kind of a vapor. To refer to the person vaping. Oh, yeah. Says I think it says a lot about how we're on our phones. These days. And yeah. yeah, I'm on my phone much of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. it turns out. I wrote down that this scene was called Battle uh, Battle of the Scenery Chewers, because both (laughs) both the Gast fella and Hong Kong Waverly have like one scene 
one opportunity to just really get their fucking names out there in the acting world and they they pull out every conceivable stop it's like yeah <laughs> waverly is like hong kong waverly is like yelling like he's a businessman asking for good numbers the entire time it's like so staccato and what's really funny is the guy is essentially the direction here is you go into your boss's office and you give him an arrowwood trip report right well, sir, it's a, it's, a, it's a clean, mellow high, right? Um, <laughs> but it's like, it, what, what you've... the shot is so close to his face as well, as slightly upwards. <laughs> that's so a recurring just like... problem in this film. It's like, no. there's, there's so yes. many extreme close-ups. Not a problem. Perfect cinematography. And what this guy says is, it's fucking sissy hypnogas, hmm. is what it is. It's the like, gas that makes the, you submissive. It's poppers. W- yeah, we sniffed this, and like our assholes dilated to fuck for one thing, but also yeah, we were did. extremely suggestible Put it down, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like extremely sort of like we were waiting for instructions. I saw um, some of this shit in New York. Let me fucking tell you. Um, <laughs> he was there, like he was shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he, he comes in on the scene. And he's like, yeah, we inhaled this gas and. Oh, we were just we were just waiting for someone to give us instructions and give us orders. I'm sorry, I had a bit, but I got completely sidelined by the New York reference and fully <laughs> forgot where I was going. <laughs> yeah, was, this girl from Pittsburgh was there. She made me smell the stuff. It was very suggestible. It was very yeah, good. Beat me in a um, fucking arm wrestling contest. What? <laughs> <laughs> She's transsexual. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, yeah. find so, Kingsley, uh, uh, and then and then yeah. But the way that he tells them to find Kingsley is the funniest fucking thing in this scene by not a small margin. He doesn't have a projector in the traditional sense. What he does is he flips on the light of a backlit family photo size, yeah, like yeah. headshot of the actor playing Kingsley that he just keeps on his wall, ready to like illuminate at a moment's notice. That's the only thing that's illuminating. He has a light-up picture of his body just ready to go on his wall. It's perfect. It's so good. There's there's a number of things in this movie that are like recurring. I would call them a bit at this point because there's no way that this isn't ridiculous to the people making it as well. <laughs> and one of them is that every single photo is just like a glossy actor's headshot no matter yeah, if it's supposed to be like a civilian or like, it's just so good <laughs> yeah so we managed to get this like surveillance photo of her perfect like 8x10 glossy incredible glam shot like angles and everything perfect it's so, so good so, every single time we know how yeah. Elia and Solo work they've got to find Kingsley so of course they go and speak to his yeah. sexy like, wife Mrs. Kingsley yeah. who we've just yeah. seen Solo literally goes to this man and he's like how bad do I want to fuck this guy's wife? And the guy goes, so bad it makes you look stupid. Perfect. Next scene. <laughs> it's so good because they don't even bother doing the like setup of like, well, we could go see his wife. We just, they go, find, find Kingsley. And we just hard cut to his wife opening the door to Solo. And it's like, we know what the fucking deal is here. Of course, we know that she's lying because we've seen her in the opening, but the boys didn't recognize her. So she's really upset and she claims to not know where her husband is. She's also dressed as a sexy drama teacher. Which is interesting. Yeah, and she's using the sort of the voice that you would describe as the evil voice in like an adaptation of Poirot or something. Like in a detective film, right? What usually happens when you have an evil, scheming, conniving woman is she seems she sounds sweet, and then the detective goes, "Oh, but it was you in the like library with the lead pipe," and she goes, 
who was worth such a fool, Freddie, the evil voice, you know. Yeah, but she's on that from minute one. <laughs> yeah. And she like, opens the door and is like, I have no idea where my husband has gone. And you're like, oh, no, no, no. such a fool. She's wearing a, a black know. poofy jumpsuit, a long gold vest, gold shoes, and a statement necklace. So she, she mm. is definitely doing like your art teacher who you have a crush on. We are almost into the 70s here. We're perilously close. 1968. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's, it's fair to say we can see those things start to creep in. Um, Solo finds a scrap of paper with the word seven written on it. Do we ever find out what the fuck this means? It's the seven intellectual wonders thing. Yeah, he wants oh, seven right, guys. Yeah, yeah. He just wrote seven yeah. down a hundred thousand <laughs> times on a piece of paper. I don't know why. Because yeah. he's normal. Yeah, yeah standard style. Waverly mm. calls and Waverly's like, oh, uh, he's really like, fucking yeah, so up once, his sir. lines here. Like <laughs> he can barely say Napoleon Solo. He he sounds like he's been fucking at the sissy hypno gas himself. Mm. It's real bad. Um, this this scene contains my favorite line reading of of the entire um, movie, which is which is uh, from Solo himself. Now, if you have any idea. Just, just <laughs> look at huh? Matt Barry. <laughs> like, yeah. Any idea? You really are the most devious bastard. <laughs> Hong Kong City. He's given up calling it UNCLE. He just calls it Uncle now, which is fun. Yeah, <laughs> like that battle has been lost a long time ago, which I really appreciate. So Waven is like, yo, there's this scientist who's gone missing, and Kingsley's stolen a bunch of Uncle's files on him. So it's looking more and more like Kingsley hasn't gone missing. Kingsley's defected from Uncle, mm. which is kind of fucking cool. It's the first time that's happened. Yeah. Yes. And he goes, and you know who else? There's a daughter. And Solo <laughs> goes, how bad do I want to fuck her? And Waverly goes, so bad it makes you look stupid. And then we cut to the daughter. Oh, no, we Berlin. don't. We don't. We meet King- mm. like Kingsley meets the scientist who's gone missing first. The scientist, don't yeah. worry about him. He's just some dude. But I love this scene because- This is um, really good. Yeah, because Kingsley that. meets the chemist and like he's got this scrap of paper on him and we don't know what's written on it, but like just the way that they act it and the way that the music is done, we understand that this paper is of like really great importance. Um, that mm. like the, the scientist is like, history will end with this and like hands over this tiny piece of paper and Kingsley just looks at it. It's like a really, really good scene. Mm-hmm. Riddle me this, if it's that good of a scene, why don't I remember it? I, I, I saw this movie know. this morning, right? And it's gone. So much of it is because you were gone. thinking about the daughter. That's true. You're now, jumping the at daughter. the bit. <laughs> this 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 scene the, establishes something that we, we will mention a lot, which is um, close-ups on guys. This scene is shot from about an inch away from each of these people, respectively. <laughs> shot reverse shot. They really, I love it. they really got weird with it. They knew this was going to be like the last one, I guess, and so whoever was doing the cinematography was like, okay. You know, I may have missed my chance to do like German expressionist cinema, but I'm not going to let it pass me by this time. <laughs> I'm going to use the last of the film. I'm going to stick this lens directly up their fucking nostrils. It's like fogging up because the actors are breathing yeah. on it. That's how close. Yeah. <laughs> he got told yeah. that this is the last Uncle movie they were doing, and he just like went fuck you and got the macro lens out. Like <laughs> I'm shoving yeah. this shit so close you can see every individual pockmark on this man's face, and there are mm-hmm. eight trillion of them. <laughs> So good. We see Anna. She has a, a date um, 
Mm-hmm. His name She's is Steve. She's dating this twink. Yes, Steve. His name is Steve. I swear that at Steve some point Garrett. somebody calls him David because my notes like initially call him David and then it changes over. But whatever. Um, yeah, I, I I wrote down who's this twink a question which to me remains unanswered. Mm-hmm. He end keeps coming. Yeah, he's not very important. Um, mm. But yeah, she's leaving to go and join her father. Um, and then we cut to first time I think we've seen this in a while. Thrush HQ. That's right. Yeah, yeah we fucking under the do. cover of Freeze Meat Limited, and it's 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 a meat deck. Meat is being conveyed back and forth, but within the meat, inside a trolley whose sides are made of meat. This is, is. this is Kingsley's riding in a meat wagon. Yeah, she's yeah, wa- and riding she's, in a she's, big meat car. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's, she's, she's riding inside along. the car made of meat, and she's got an old timey car horn, yes. which she just yes. hoots yeah, wh- a couple what? of times and then hands off to a guy. So, so this is this is something that's so fucking good about Uncle is that they they use the sort of spy tropes and framing around completely ridiculous items. So this is like case in point that she produces this like old timey like. <laughs> car horn with, yes. just, with such like an air of like I've got the secrets here it's so fucking good she like presents it to the door guard and he looks at it with such seriousness and then opens the door yeah. it just never it's comes beautiful. back it's like why would it be a keycard we could just treat like the fucking clown horn like it was a keycard We'd, you'd never guess it, right, would yeah. you? If you were trying to get into thrush command you'd never be like they're, they're like what's the password I'll just pull out my like clown horn password that I like, happen to have on me. <laughs> <laughs> the password <laughs> is, as stated, <laughs> curious honk noise. There, um, <laughs> so, so, inside so re- Thrush are having a meeting, which is being chaired by uh, Webb. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't just gloss over the like, want to stay on the clown weirdly horn? horny clown noise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you'll have to forgive her throats a little bit. Uh-huh. Funny. I... Look, the, it's it's so good because, like, in any fucking movie, you would use, like, a keycard for that, and then the keycard would never show up again. And if you're going to have an know, item that's treated with reverence and never shown up again, why would you not just be like, fuck it, let's use a clown horn for it. Let's use a, a fucking with water a bottle. logo on it. Like, like I, no... Yeah, this would be a normal thing to use. Why would you use them when you could use like, like a, a joke? Pen? Was this like a rehearsal with the props department not ready for this take? Oh, what the this, fuck is this? It was the last episode, and they were like, "Fuck it, let's do a silly one." Yeah, they're just like, getting weird. <laughs> they're using all the tropes and the coding, and then using a clown horn. It's perfect. So inside, uh, Thrush are having this meeting. It's being chaired by Webb, and we surmise that like Thrush aren't behind Kingsley, but they're waiting for Kingsley's plan to be ready, and then they're going to swoop in and take it over. And Mrs. Kingsley is helping them. Uh, you know what, though? Thrush DEI is doing the work, because they have 50% female executives yep. in this room. Yeah, they do. Um, they do. They, they've got, white, they've got but... Webb, yeah, they've no, got Mrs. Color, Kingsley, but... uh, they've got a guy called Mr. Veith, uh, and Miss Carla, who is like standing behind him, kind of like, like threatening. Miss Carla, like, hello. On her. Yeah, I also wrote this down. And as you say, the plan is they're Love a tall, brunette woman with a strong jaw. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're bankrolling this sort of like project of Kingsley's, unbeknownst to him, and they're going to swoop in at the last second and take it over. Mrs. Kingsley um, reclines on a divan and smokes a cigarette. My notes say yeah. it is horny. Oh, it, it's it extremely is horny, horny because essentially what happens is 
She she turns to Veith and Carla and goes, right, fuck off. And and they do, and they're like, you you will see us later. Meantime, this this sort of like weirdly luxurious conference room that I should say has one wall totally open on like the henchman command center with all of the like That's blinking right. lights and stuff. Uh, and which remains open the whole time. That now becomes for the rest of the movie, Mrs. Kingsley and Webb's fuck shack. Yeah. These guys are fucking like it's last days of Rome. Like, unbelievable. Uh huh. First attempt to convey to you that these people are fucking is she goes, it's hot in here, and he blows out a candle. Mm. Yeah. It's quite fun yes. actually because they because it's the sixties they can't show the characters fucking so yeah. they just have to make like extremely horny eye contact at each other which is yeah, it kind of sells so it quite good. nicely it's it's like yeah. a lost art you know and this mm. is like Haze again, code shit. A fully open yeah. plan office like if nothing else do you want the henchmen to watch is that is that what's happening here yeah I do like yeah, I is this sort so. of a, a looking for a third situation. Because no. I, I from like... across the evil conference room and left your vibes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I think honestly, I think that the meat deck sort of like thrush command center probably has atrocious reviews on hench on the hench app. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I had my job pressing the sort of the buttons and stuff, and then they kept like very seductively asking me if I worked out. You know, like <laughs> they, keep, they keep like putting a hand on my shoulder. It's like I really don't want to be sort of in a unicorn situation with this. You challenged me to an arm wrestle. Yeah. I keep trying to do my job as a henchman, and then they just just keep, like, involving me in that public kink. It's like, come on, lads. Didn't consent to that. Plus, you know, it's an unequal relationship. They signed my paycheck. But this this, uh, sex Mm. scene is the kind of... It's the only like sex scene that's compliant with those weird people on Twitter who are like sex scenes never move the plot forward. And it's like it does yeah, actually. True. It does move the plot forward because we establish that Kingsley's wife is not loyal to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's being cucked. By that's her. right. Um, meanwhile, is. Anne arrives in Hong Kong where the boys are waiting. They have her headshot, which is extremely funny. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, yep. I love Eight this recurring gag. This <laughs> is the so only good. photo of anyone you can find. Of just someone who is like a civilian, <laughs> just like nothing yeah. remarkable, just eight by ten headshot glossy. She 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 did a bit of like uh, local theatre stuff, and she just had that made, and they have that. Um, and and she gets into sort of like a a nineteen thirties car for unclear reasons, um, which they follow to a boat, upon which a crane operator on the docks tries and comes damn close to like killing our boys. Mm. By like swinging a big crane hook at them, but Um, but then he just kind of lets them go after that because Anna gets away on the boat. Wasting their time while the boat takes off. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then we get we get one of my my favorite shot in in the in the the movie. I think actually, I think there's a better shot later. But uh, you get a dramatic shot of all the sailors stood on top of the boat as it leaves, like watching, and then they all turn around, and it holds just long enough to reveal that the name of the ship is the Wild Goose. And then the the driver of this 1930s taxi, every other car in Hong Kong is normal, by the way. It's just this one car, leans out of the window and like says something that I'm not I don't even know if it's racist. If it's racist, it's racist in a way that's like so baffling it didn't even like compute for me. Taxi, gentlemen, taxi. What what accent? 
is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, that's the Hong Kong Scouser. <laughs> so like Hong Kong Brooklyn Scouser, the yeah. the familiar racial stereotype. Yeah, the classic type of guy that we're all familiar with. Uh huh. Uh huh. These guys around before the handover. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Handover yeah, was they, very they, strange. This turns out to be pointless because they immediately catch up to Anna on a helicopter, and an old man sort of opens up on them with spines. a fucking deck gun. Yeah, yeah he this does. is really funny. This yeah, because the boys the best... don't give a shit that this no, happens. Solo Solo is wearing uh, like a blue Harrington jacket, aviators, a like massive medallion. I'm pretty certain, and a turtleneck. And the this old guy is shooting at them with a 50 caliber machine gun. And Solo not even fussed. He's not giving a fuck about. Either kind of slightly inclines great. his head to look down at this, and is just like. Eh. <laughs> just like being shot at with a heavy machine gun. Oh, no, thank you. I don't believe in it. It's like they forgot to tell um, them that that was occurring in the scene. So they're just like playing it completely normal. Yeah, well, it was like edited together. And the, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they buzzed the ship about 50 or 60 times. Mm-hmm. And finally, they, question mark, are forced to land or choose to land yeah. the helicopter so on the ship. The captain of the ship appears. Um, he puts oh, his hand is, on the barrel of the fifty cal guy. and doesn't burn himself. Which not sure how that happened. And um, also, he's I drunk. really like this guy. Yeah, this is Earth's most sourced captain. Just he's like you said, Dev. There's a lot of actors in this who have one scene to really like make an impression, <laughs> and he does his best. Need to start doing this. The way that he does this is to <laughs> sort of yeah, do it should. like an Elron Hubbard sort of vibe. Um, and like sort of very slurring and very British inexplicably. I I wrote down: Is this how Americans feel about J.W. Pepper? <laughs> he, he he starts to sound like Gorka, like James Adomian's Gorka, but like sort of on Quaaludes. Yeah, it's a very unusual character. I'm not sure yeah. what the joke is here. Well, Quaaludes Gorka, the class again. That's another kind of guy yeah. that we should all be familiar Quailu's with. Gorka, running around Hong Kong before the ha- yeah. yeah, yeah. What's What's really funny is there's one line because Anna comes out to meet them, and he goes, "Well, I'll just play you what he actually says." Why don't you pop off and play some shuffleboard or something? Now, the, <laughs> why don't you do <laughs> the, that? All of the audio in this is like pretty poorly mixed in this movie, but. First of all, that's Quaaludes Gorka. Why don't you <laughs> pop on down to the White House? Second of all, what does he actually say here? What, what is... What, what? Why don't you pop off and play some shuffleboard or something? I think, he's, Why, I think he said shuffleboard, but there was a problem with the audio editing. Yeah, it seems yeah, to the, be. The, the subtitles, which try their best, and this does <laughs> have subtitles, the, the subtitles go with... Um, Cuffle ball. Why don't you pop off and play some cuffle ball? So, it, like, either this ball? is a thing he's I, <laughs> something just like, he's just it. invented for this because be he something. slurred shuffleboard so badly that we've ended up we've invented a new sport. You know, sounds something that sounds like it's only played in the Netherlands. Yeah, um, the boys are like, "Yo, Anna, where's your dad and this dude Kingsley?" She's like, "I don't know." They get captured, and we mm-hmm. see that she's lying because Kingsley and her dad are both on board, listening from a porthole uh, or, or a vent or something. And our our boys get sort of like knocked unconscious. At which point, you may be asking, 
What are Mrs. Kingsley and Webb up to? And the answer <laughs> and they're is up to. they're fucking. The answer is fucking, fucking again. Doing sex on each other. Mm-hmm. And the 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 thing is, every time they do this, they knock down one of the handful of existing acceptable ways to convey that two characters are having sex. Yes. Right? Like <laughs> we've already done the like two cigarettes in an ashtray. And so what they do this time is she goes. Ah, oh, it's, it's really bright in here. So <laughs> he walks over, draws the big curtain between them and like the henchmen. So finally, we like all the henchmen, like oh thank from God. <laughs> and we get a beautiful, really fast, really close zoom into <gasps> Webb's face for no crash reason zoom. whatsoever. Yeah, crash zoom on as him. he closes this curtain. It's. It's baffling. It's like the number on his forehead rises to 100%. <laughs> he closes that curtain, turns back to look dead into the camera's eye, and it zooms straight in on his face, and you're like, yeah, perfect. These guys are fucking. <laughs> Addition, the point of the scene, however, is um, that the other two people, who I don't, I don't care, are, are going, look, they're nearly, they've nearly made their fucking like, team together. They've nearly got their plan together. Can we please jump in and take over now? Um, and the answer is... No, it's just wait a no, little No, I'm too busy longer. getting no. pussy. No, I need yeah. to get However, this goddamn pussy. They are interrupted by the announcement that Thrush has successfully recruited to the plot a guy we love to see. A guy we oh, love yeah. to see in a comic role who is not in a comic role. He's not yeah, in that phase of his career yet. This is before he did this. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is so weird to see him playing serious. Serious actor. It's so serious fucking actor. funny. Fucking Hamlet. Mm. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie fucking Nielsen. I just wanted to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Leslie Nielsen. This is moments before he started doing comedy acting. I remember last summer I watched Forbidden Planet for the first time, and he is the protagonist, and he's supposed to be like young and hot and completely playing it straight. And it's almost Mm -hmm. impossible to watch now because he delivers every line in the same way as he does in his comedy straight man stuff yeah. but it's just there's yeah. no humor yeah. you're like he's, he's is he doing so a bit? fucking funny you're, you're like, like you're primed <laughs> to laugh for like everything he says and then it's like no this is deadly serious he's just yeah, he saying the lines the in this. he's saying the lines completely straight and you're like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> great perfect leslie nielsen is like a, an air force general u.s air force general um, wears sunglasses all the time, so the effect is a bit sort of like Gautieri-ish. Um, and I thought he looked like drill. His... I thought he looked yeah, like drill. He and his boys are leaving the country on some outer heaven shit. Fully, like he he pushes past some reporters and shit, gets in the plane with his like paratroopers, and he hits them with. And this is also you know us when Abby makes us watch fucking you know a, a brat movie or whatever. When you were selected to serve me, you took a personal oath of loyalty. I now invoke that pledge of unquestioning obedience. <laughs> and people were saying yes, that ma'am. to me and yes, uh, wait, what? Uh... Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And he's he's fully on some out of heaven shit. He's like, You are the last soldiers. You're the like Yeah, this is this goes hard. It does. It goes weirdly hard. Yeah, it's a sick character introduction. Because mm. he's introduced getting out of a car, mobbed by reporters, and it's shot from like the position of one of the reporters. So you're like trying to get a glimpse of him, and he's like walking through the airport, and he gets into this room, steps, and he stands in like Tory power stance, holding his fucking <clears throat> riding crop 
and is like, boys. He's, he's carrying a riding crop why, why? the whole it's time. so Again, good. <laughs> yeah, it is, mm. it is. We're, we're not developing a Leslie Nielsen kink on this podcast. We developing? <laughs> all right, why, why don't you just said talk I for the next Forbidden 10 to Planet. 20 minutes about, like, you know, all the stuff that Leslie Nielsen could do, like, to, for, buy, and with you. I, will, um, I won't besmirch his, his memory with this. Uh-huh. Um... So, Solo and Kuriakin wake up. Solo and Kuriakin wake up on the boat, which has just been fully abandoned. This is a nice touch, actually, because initially I was like, why didn't they just kill them? But we actually find out later. Mm-hmm. And, like, they've taken their, their little communicator pens. They don't have anywhere to call for help. They're just adrift. But Kuriakin has outwitted them by the expedient of... Some some real grandpa shit. I keep my phone in my shoe, so if people rob me, they won't think to check in my shoe where yeah. I keep my phone. He's got his phone down his <laughs> massive sock. He, we get a really fun line off of this, if I can find the fucking drop. How do I inject dignity into the word help? You don't. So they call Waverly, uh, and Waverly's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Wait, Wait, like, like, oh, I'm I? dead now, Faust. <laughs> Waverly is only getting cutaways. He can't be on set. They have to just. <laughs> no. no, it's brutal, man. Took them all honestly. day to get these lines out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he 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 agrees to send a seaplane, a, a word which he cannot really pronounce. Um, and meanwhile. You, we cut back to our scientists and Leslie Nielsen, who are arriving at their sort of like new uh, new city, and they're already on their robe shit. Yeah, yeah, they've got they're red heavily robes. onto their robes. We don't know what the plan is yet, but they're on robes. Um, and at Thrush HQ, there's a coup. The 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 hot lady from earlier and the dude in the wheelchair try and attack Webb, but Mrs. Kingsley just kills them both, and it's horny. Yeah, they, they they try and interrupt their like third. Uh, well, our third. third window into their constant, non-stop mm. fuck session. They have run out of ways to show that they're fucking. So we are reintroduced to to uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, fucking uh, Kingsley. She is groping a bronze deer statue, right? She's... I, I, I'm not even sure that's meant like to symbolise. Uh, no idea. No idea. Rutting? So, yeah. Odd. Yeah, so so these two are like N- you you fools. Did you know did, this is gonna the, the timing of this is wrong, and ride or die, she just kills both of them, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Yeah, immediately. Uh, one small detail I did want to note: when they hand the latest nerd they've recruited his nerd robes, they're like, "Welcome to the purple," yeah, what which the fuck is, is that? you know, so it's ostensibly a classical illusion, right? Like the robes of Roman like senators and nobles used to be dipped in something called Tyrian purple, which is a thing you get by like. Squishing a bunch of snails, yeah, Yeah. smells bad. But like, yeah, and and, but Tyrian purple is probably close to that shade of red, so it's it's nice work, you know. Mm. Good catch, uh, man from Uncle on on the last movie. That's really good. I just genuinely assumed I'd misheard them say circle. Um, Yeah, probably really good (laughs) because because the sound mixing is really bad on this movie. There's there's one instance of it which I don't have a drop of, but which sets me up for I think the best pun I've ever made in this fucking podcast. 
So, you know, stay tuned for that in about an hour's time. Very excited. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to play some cuffle ball. Um, so uh, <laughs> we see, we hear from Waverly that um, a bunch of other like weird people have been kidnapped, yeah. like a PR expert, mm. a food scientist. They've been kidnapped. And weirdly, about a week before they get kidnapped, seemingly innocuous things get stolen from their homes, like a music yes. box and a briefcase. And it's like, oh, it's kind of Kuryakin. Kuryakin goes, oh, do we have to watch every petty theft in the world? And we go live to Petty Theft Cam. Yeah, we do. Where a guy is <laughs> this fucking rules. breaking... <laughs> yeah, this stole the whole movie for me. A guy is breaking into the home of Dr. Well, Professor Garrow, this geneticist whose twink son was dating uh, the daughter. Yeah, small world. Yeah, he grabs like a family photo and said twink opens the door, goes, hey, what are you doing? The guy grabs the family photo and exits Quantum of Solace style. <laughs> like he a goes, steel in the born identity, like yeah, straight out the window. He goes perfectly horizontally through the window. He goes out like that Garfield panel. It's it's gorgeous, and the movie does not linger on this at all. This is like his immediate action is get caught out window. As he runs to this <laughs> window, so he's good. already gone. It's so fucking. I need to do like a supercut of all the time someone's launched through a window on this podcast because there's the been ends so with Mr. many. Alexander just kind of like falling through one. <laughs> yeah. That's Who still the best one. Who trained him to do this? Mm. To like immediately like sprint through the nearest plate glass window and make good your escape. You need to learn this skill, actually. It's, and this happens every time. It's, these aren't fucking plate glass windows, man. They have like slats. They have. This is like yeah, a yeah. compound. He's just going straight through the balsa wood in the middle. Like, yeah, really badly constructed yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. And like face first, too. He doesn't even have his arms out or anything. Need to learn that, this. It'll be really good in awkward social situations. I'm like, oh, I'll just try my hands on my penis. I'm in my yeah, jeans. <laughs> I do this. I do this one time and everyone rushes the window and I'm like on the ground beneath it, just going like, ah, ah. <laughs> Oh, oh god! <laughs> oh, windows are made stronger these days. Oh, I didn't realize. Glass and wood Making is every really window bad. in my house out of, out of sugar, sugar glass. glass. <laughs> it's like hell in summer. It's melting my window. It's like covered in ants, but it's purely <laughs> so. If I have a, like a socially awkward situation, I can sprint towards any window I choose. <laughs> Fucking Agent 47 killing me by replacing my window with real glass Just and then causing me like, embarrassment. Ow, my nose! Ow. Fuck! <laughs> oh. ah, double glazing Ow. has been invented. Doing the fucking like, family yeah. guy. Like, Ooh! Bitch, so, <laughs> like five so like, minutes. Uncle, back in the day, if you got robbed, they'd put your whole ass name and address in the paper. Yeah, and so we see that this allows Uncle. This geneticist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we see that, like, Uncle are able to trace this. They give off his murder coordinates. We, yeah. We sort of, reading between the lines, understand that they are able to get to this, this professor. But so the next scene is this professor and his family. He's going to like a conference or something. They're in the airport. Almost all of this movie is filmed at LAX uh, because I guess they got a deal on it. And, <laughs> you know, it's beautiful airport scenery. The red zone is for loading and unloading. He gets called to the white courtesy phone. And, it, you know what? I would hate to be chloroformed and put on a baggage conveyor belt, but that's what happens to him. Mm hmm. No, you wouldn't. And no, I would love that shit. Are you kidding me? Come on. 
like honestly, they need like fe- federal government. If you if you once you've invented the cigarette that's good for you, once you've invented the cigar that's good <laughs> Come for you, on. if you could just do me personally a solid and invent the chloroform that's good for you, because the chloroform that exists is real bad for you. So Didn't if you could your just ancestor you know, invent maybe chloroform? see your waiter. Yeah, I mean you gotta invent the chloroform that's good for you. That's all I'm saying. Such as such as ketamine. Mm, yeah, it might just, just be chaotic. Like a rag soaked in ketamine. I mean, it takes it, 30 minutes to take effect, know. but afterwards it's really yeah, thirty minutes of having like a towel held over your face, which maybe. <laughs> but so Kuriakin and Solo like see this happen and like in a very unhurried way follow them, uh, which we kind of like. I'm not sure if you're meant to be like, yo, what the fuck? Why are they just letting this happen? Or if you're meant to have gotten that this is like part of a plan. Yeah, but. yeah. So so Garo gets taken away and Elia's like, excellent. Yeah, we also meet this guy's son his, his, who is who, who's mm, desperate yeah, to be in son. this fucking movie. Um, who, yeah. yeah. Steven. Who is just like, Steve. he gets pushed down Steve. like four flights of stairs. Oh, yeah, it really Steve. holds on it as well. So good. That's <laughs> yeah, really funny. Good stunt work from this guy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Just rolls uh, but he, down. he perfectly rolls down. Like, it's a long shot of him rolling down these stairs. What if he gets up and he's like, I'm all right. And it's like, are you? <laughs> really? I don't think I, you are, man. I think you're dead, you actually. Stay lying down, actually, I think. Mm. He wants to be in this movie so badly, uh, but the, so they have a little transmitter sewn into um, Professor uh, Clarence Darrow's jacket or whatever. He's helping them. Allows, He's working with Uncle. Yeah, 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 which allows Solo to like follow him in a plane, and yeah. Solo Solo like looks out of the the window of the plane and goes, "Oh, it's the Himalayas." And in my heart, <laughs> I knew I would go. That's 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 weird. The Himalayas look a lot like Southern California at this time of year. <laughs> you have no fucking idea if you're listening to this how much the Himalayas are Southern California. Yeah. They are light <laughs> well, on a salt sort of, flat. The characters, the characters in this keep making reference to it. Because like later on, Elia and and Steve are in the helicopter, and then Steve's like, oh, Northern Himalayas, they're a desert, it's kind of weird, and Kuriakin's like, yeah, a weird part of the world, and it's like... <laughs> it's such like a, shut up, line. The Northern yeah. Himalayas like, are a desert. Don't worry about it. There is like, yeah. a, it's like a cold desert, like, you could yeah. have done a shot of a desert and put like a wind howling sound effect, yeah. Like, like there's a rain shadow, it's Tibet. <laughs> but, yeah. but no. I, I bought it. No, It's a no. salt they, flat, they, baby. The thing is, right, when they were location scouting for this, they were like, we're not driving more than like 15 minutes. <laughs> and fair enough, honestly. <laughs> There's bits of Northern California you could have used. No, no not interested. Not even bothered. Um, so the plane gets intercepted and shot down by Leslie Nielsen's missile footage defense of missile. unit. Yeah, every so often Leslie Nielsen will just like get on his big white phone and go, missile defense unit, and the missile defense unit guy will be like, oh boy, I'm about to do the thing again. Um, this, this sets and- up the, the heavy conflict between Leslie Nielsen and Mr. Kingsley, which is that Leslie Nielsen wants to start the killing so bad. So, so bad. So bad. Every so scene bad he's he in, he's stupid. like, let me kill them. They're <laughs> just like, mm. no, we're trying to make a better new world. And he's like, yeah, but like, why can't we kill some guys to get there? Yeah, and he, honestly, he's got a point. Yeah, pedantic point, but Uncle didn't notice the theft of some ground-to-air missiles at any point. I feel like somebody should be keeping track of where those are. 
Yeah, we noticed the theft of a music box, but they fucking missed the. Yeah, missed the fucking stealing of the fucking <laughs> yeah. missiles. Yeah, great work, lads. So, 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 so Mr. Missile shoots down the the plane. Uh, the pilot gets killed. At least he gets knocked unconscious, and Napoleon makes no attempt to save him. Condemns him to a fiery grave. Yeah, yeah. Parachutes yeah, cool. out onto the salt. Parachutes flat out into some stock footage of somebody parachuting. Yep. 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 Uh, <laughs> lands on a salt flat, and then <laughs> he we get some undertakes a peyote our, vision. Our German quest. expressionist <laughs> cinematographer once again is on his bullshit because he was like, right, right, fucking Robert. This Rob, is so good. Rob, this is phenomenal. Still, I'm gonna put this camera under your chin and just hold it the fuck there. It's gonna be a lot of chin shots in this one. I'll We're be gonna honest. keep sliding it past you if you could be looking up with your mouth hanging open and like desperately confused this is gonna it's be like perfect we, rob it's like we need these <laughs> yeah. shots for like pre-surgery for your medical files like we just yeah. need chin that's all we need 40 <laughs> years before the invention of the anyone. front-facing camera we have perfectly <laughs> captured accidentally opens front-facing camera <laughs> Robert Vaughan looking baffled and embarrassed and like sort of mostly chin stumbling around the desert it's a perfect shot. I think it's really good. But I think it would be good if there was like eight less of them. This is the thing. Yeah. But yeah, no. He, he stumbles for like an hour of movie. <laughs> like, yeah, the really, really funny long thing is for lag. He, he has he has walked for like fifteen minutes, right? He's wearing like a shirt and slacks. He's on a salt flat. <gasps> this is intended to show us this is an extremely inhospitable environment, right? What it actually <laughs> shows us is when Napoleon Sower has to wait ten minutes between drinks. He's like <laughs> yeah, he's on his way yeah. out. He's dying. Yeah, the speed man. the speed at which Elia. The speed at which Elia and Steve catch up to him like really sells like he's gone about like five minutes away from the wreckage of the plane. <laughs> he's and he's like, oh god, I can't make it. <laughs> like barely he's, gone away from it. He's getting the fucking DTs. He's got like the, the, weirdly they choose to like cover his upper lip in like a. It looks a lot like the like numbing cream you put on before electrolysis. Yeah, yeah. he looks like he's used too much retinoids. Yeah, he's like focusing on the grinder a little too much. Poor bugger. Um, yeah, no, he's he's on a little bit of a vision quest. He looks like he's trying to find a kebab after a really heavy night. Like he's just <laughs> stumbling through the streets. Like, oh god, he he, he perfectly ragdolls down a cliff at one point, which I love to bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just again, like five minutes walk away. <laughs> From the fucking crash. Yeah, learn to do the like spell of self paralysis on top of a mountain for fun. Um, (laughs) And like a bunch of guys in robes find him and they're all making the like trade offer fingers over him. Yeah, very Which is great. They pick him up and carry him away. We also Um, see, we get another scene that I really like, which is uh, Garrow wakes up in a room that's been made to look exactly like his office at home with the photo that was stolen. Not really clear why that happens, don't worry about it. Um, But Kingsley is there and he says, "Um, I'm assembling the seven wonders of the world, intellectual wonders of the world, um, and we are going to control the minds of everyone on earth and thereby save the world. And Garrow refuses to take part in this plan. The reason I really like this scene is... The actor who plays uh, Kingsley is a guy called Barry Sullivan, and he like really sells it. He really mm. sells that he is absolutely fucking serious about doing this. And people are like, "You can't, you can't really be controlling the minds of everyone on Earth." He's like, "Yes, I am." He's like yeah. totally it's, committed it, to it. It's a great performance. 
It's something that, like, Bond villains kind of, like, try and generally fuck up. Is like, no, no, I am 100% serious about the sissy yeah. hypnogas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it may, it may seem ridiculous to you, but I'm I'm like all in on the sissy hypno thing. Yeah. Um. Don't make a drop of that. Uh. And so the professor guy was like, "Do you really you brought that here in your purse?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course I did." Like, what did you think this was? <laughs> Sato is lost in the Himalayan desert. Yeah, he's yeah. still lost in the desert. Um. Th- <laughs> at this point, okay. At this point, it's starting to lose me a little bit. We're having that classic lag early, early. Part four of any uncle film, which is like, all right, let's get these fucking guys to the final location, please. Yeah, which is, which I'm sorry, is quite clearly the LAX building. Yeah, no, it's the theme building no. at LAX. <laughs> it's a big map painting in the Himalayan desert. All right, it's it's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a huge map painting through a cave. I'm imbuing my surroundings with a sense of like playful wonder and imagination. You I've know? been here. I've been to this place. It's LAX. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> Imbuing my surroundings with a sense of fucking wonder and imagination. God damn it. LAX so, isn't even the most evil airport you can film in. There's like clearly airport signs that That's have been right, covered it's up. Denver. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple. So, so, so like, <laughs> it's like very visibly LAX, but like, Steve makes Ilya take him with him to find Solo by bringing a gun and going, like, take me, Steve, with you. Um, <laughs> I want to also be in this movie still, and Ilya's like, oh, I thought Ilya right. was the type to be intimidated by this, but whatever. The thing is, that actually is a real gun. That actor was just like, no, you have to, like, write me into this scene, or I will shoot you. <laughs> he, he reckons he didn't get enough done in his, like, one one shot in the sun. He was like, all right, I need to, I need to try that again, boys. I'm the Hergé Villachez <laughs> technique, which is threaten your agent with a weapon. Um, so, so they fly around in a helicopter for a bit, and 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 this once again triggers Leslie Nielsen to to go have the argument with with Kingsley. Like, hey, we're building a better world. We're gonna have to like kill a few people to get there, right? And then he fluffs his line, and the sound mixing fucks up. This is um, the, yeah, the most dubbed I'm scene I've ever seen in my life. Not even sure what he says, right? That's why I'll protect this, this center of that world. Now, I would say that he says, huh? <laughs> he, he says titter, right? Um, the, the subtitles uh, try, say splinter. It could be center. I think it's yeah, the, center the center of this world. the center of this yeah. world, but it's a sound mixing fucks up. Like, I, I will defend this titter of all. It still sounds like he's like setting up a joke. It's impossible yeah. to hear <laughs> Leslie Nielsen talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not be like, uh-huh, yeah. That's, that's how it is on this tetra of an earth. Just imagine um, if you were best friends with Leslie Nielsen and you died, and he like spoke at your funeral, and everyone at the funeral was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that might happen. Like, <laughs> like leaning forward in the too. fucking fuse, uh-huh. Imagine if you had an argument uh-huh. with this man, you'd just be like, I can't, you can't take you seriously, like... <laughs> So, so he calls up Mr. Missile and is like, shoot down the helicopter. Imagine if you tried to does, make the that stock footage of the missile explain. again. Yeah, the missile knows where it is. And we then cut back to Kingsley and Webb, who have been fucking this entire <laughs> fucking time. Yeah. The I whole time. This. They took time off from this movie to just fuck, mm-hmm. right? It's, I know it smelled crazy. <laughs> to- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she, she wakes him up having exhausted him by fucking him too much with the most ejaculatory champagne I've ever seen. Oh yeah, this is the horniest shit in the world. Oh yeah. How do you make champagne do that? Like, I've opened bottles of champagne before and they don't, like, 
Come on, you like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's but, because you've opened uh, them correctly, Alice. Um, <laughs> I see. You have to okay. you have to shake it and then open it wrong. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But she does that as a bit, and she goes, "Hey, check this shit out. Everything's in place. <laughs> we got the like Kesemin that's gonna like uh, drug all of Leslie Nielsen's dudes, and like everything's in place for us to go and do the thing." It's honestly impossible to oversell. Like Webb is asleep at the start of a scene, presumably because he's been fucked to like. Uh, the absolute extent <laughs> yeah. with which a person can be fucked, and he is yeah, woken up by this woman well. <laughs> and he wakes up and like it takes him a couple of seconds, but immediately he's like back in the room again. Like, he's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. go. Like, and, and like, Jesus he's like boys. badly dehydrated. Um, <laughs> he's had and... no electrolytes at all for like the last forty-eight yeah. hours. And she pitches him on like, okay. Now, what we're supposed to do is wait for the members of Thrush Central to get there so we can take over. What if we just didn't do that? And what if we sissy hypnoed them as well? Yeah. And like, yeah, what if we, we just, just let them the get, get hit with the popper gas and then mm-hmm. um, dilate the fuck out of their assholes? What if we just did hell that? Hell yeah. Because um, um, <laughs> we also, we hear as like Kingsley tries to recruit Solo, basically, uh, his plan is they've got this docility gas. They're going to gas the whole mm. world and then broadcast a signal from the Himalayan desert, brackets LAX, to be like, okay, now everybody does what Kingsley says. Um, and then yeah. they take up the world, they end war forever, uh, they create a generation of robots, says Robert Vaughan. Um, I, ha- I in fact have this. Robots. Because what he's doing is, Solo is failing a bunch of speech checks in quick succession. He's going to each of these guys and he's like, uh, do, do you really want to do... Robots. And weirdly, Leslie Nielsen, in the tone that would lead you to believe there's going to be a joke coming, delivers a sort of Spy Kids 2, weirdly hard line. I'm a soldier. I realize just about every ambition of my profession except its abolition, which is something I have prayed for from the time I saw my first battlefield casualty. I've realized every ambition of my profession except its abolition? Yeah, hard as shit. It's nice to have like it's, it's nice to have an ideological clash in the uncle films. And Kingsley actually says like, "Look, I used to I want to change the world. I want to make the world better. Like I used to be an uncle agent, but it doesn't work. What we do mm-hmm. doesn't make the world any safer. And I just have to keep killing people for uncle and then like hope like what? Things are going to get better? No, I'm not going to." And I'm like, "Oh fuck. You you've you've been in this battle against evil your entire career. Don't you want to win?" Which which Solo calls a blasphemy, which I like as a choice of words too. It's like it's surprisingly well written. This is this is like sort of like old episodes of Star Trek and stuff where they smuggle some like actual politics into it, uh, and you get a writer who's like you know maybe a frustrated playwright or something, and just like decides, okay, well, fuck you, I'm turning the drama thing up to like yes, um, which I really appreciate. Decided to finally put emotional depth in this Uncle film, and additionally, I have the macro lens, like. It's the last Uncle mm. film we're doing, baby. Let's like try to actually have like maybe a meaningful message of some description. Um, and it also makes sense. It makes sense yeah. that Kingsley wants Solo to join them because he's like, you know, you're an Uncle agent like me. You get it. And Solo's like, no, I won't join you. I don't. Yeah, he reckons that if he can persuade Solo, it will be just like a complete vindication of his views because it's not just him. You can have someone else who started in the same place as him come to the same agreement, then it'll be real. Mm-hmm. But you can't convince Solo, and he gets led That's away right. to be shot because Nielsen wants to start fucking killing. Yeah, ready, aim. Yeah, he wants Steve. to start the killing 
so bad. Stephen, Stephen, uh, and Kuriakin have also been captured. They are lined up and in like three, and you know it's fucking borderline Christological. They're gonna fucking like inaugurate the new world over these three dead dudes, right? Yeah, really good shot as well. Actually, the composition's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, weirdly, they try and stage this execution firing across a swimming pool yeah, because that's odd. just the set that they had, and. So, mm -hmm. they try and conduct the execution. At the last second, Steve's dad sees Steve, goes, Steve. And Steve <laughs> is like... <laughs> Steve says his, his one so, line in the movie, which is, that's my dad. <laughs> which he says about 80 reason, times. There's a reason that they call Captain America Cap in the films. Mm. And it's because Steve is not a very sexy or dramatic name. Steve is not Even a dramatic name. Like, there's a reason they call Doctor Strange Doctor Strange, right? Because Steve yeah. just doesn't Steve. sound good. The two Steves. Um, but so, this leads to a classic fumbles the gun accidentally shoots Steve's dad mm. moment. To which I wrote down, why did you try and stage an execution across a pool, you silly bastards? So that someone this, could get shot so and like, then dramatically fall into a pool, of course. Yeah, yeah. This this leads to Steve being sort of like traumatized. Kingsley sees all of this and is like, okay, right. No, no more of this jock shit. This is meant to be nerd world, right? No more. And he, just to prove what an annoying little shit he is, correctly pluralizes. No more drumheads court. Uh, sorry, no more drumhead courts martial. And it's like, you not fuck you off. fucking pluralized that correctly, you <laughs> piece of shit. Get it wrong like a normal man. Yeah, just, just like lock them all up, and then what we'll do is we'll give Solo and Kuriak and the sissy hypno gas, and we'll dilate their assholes, this is real good. that will prove, like... The, absolutely. The, the argument between Kingsley and Nielsen is, once again, macro lens close-up, um, and when Nielsen finally extracts the, like, fine, we will... We will do the gas on them to test it out. Like the mm. smile is like this slow smile on Nielsen. It's just so good. Mm. Also, going to be the episode art because yeah. it's a really funny image yeah. in Real, of itself. Because like, he's wearing sunglasses. It's important to note that he's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Looks he does look more like drill. Like drill than Jack Nicholson did in A Few Good Men. Um, so at this point, he like Kingsley calls his wife. His wife is like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not like you know. I don't have like four loads of this guy's cum dripping out of me right now. I'm oh, fine. I'll, I'll see you in like ten minutes. I'll fly out there to the like surprisingly warm LAX Himalayas. I'll be right there. Love you too." <laughs> And then, mm -hmm. she like, lights her cigarette off a standing candle, which is such a fucking girl boss move. Meanwhile, and this is where you're gonna get the pun, Steve oh, is locked in his dad's replica office, and he's sort of like crying to himself, and the daughter sneaks in to like comfort him. But, the audio mixing is fucked, and they've accidentally doubled the Steve. You get two Steves. You get two Steves, There's, yeah. Like, there's like reverb on on your Steve because they've they've like doubled the track, and at this point, I wrote down and had to stop for a minute. I Steve in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god fucking damn it! You wrote that shit down and like leant back in your chair like one well, yeah, like anti like, like fuck, ne I'm never good. beating this. I'm <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> I'm Steve really good. 
the audio mix sounds strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to grab both the video and like the the audio to uh, the fucking MGM2 song and make a fan cam of that, oh, please can't. be my guest for the like most baroque, highest effort to lowest joke reward piece of <laughs> you, culture. You're gonna put fan so up. much effort into this to get. Something that's like middlingly funny, but but it would be pretty all right. I Steven Starrett. Yeah, I don't get it. But okay. it's a reference to the MGMT song "Little Dark Age," which says, "I breathe in stereo." Um, right, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Feel free to do like ten to fifteen minutes of research, and then then DM us later, going, "That was okay." <laughs> I was like, it was, it was all right. Funny. It was mid, but I was so <laughs> proud of myself. That's no, good. It's good. I'm with you. But like, um, so Anne Anne apologizes to Steve and gives him a gun, which is the best apology present. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- they try and like agree to fight their way. Yeah, they have this fucking and, hard like, moment where they both agree. Like, yeah. the options are either we try and fight our way out of here with one apology gun and probably get killed, <laughs> or we stay here and we like are enslaved for the rest of our lives. So he's like, yeah, Better honestly, rather, than robots. rather die fighting, actually. And it's like, damn, yeah. that goes hard. It's sick. Better dead than robots. A guard comes in and sees them and then just like collapses without being touched. And they're like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, they kill one guard. And then the second guy walks in and just like hits the deck. And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly half an hour earlier, that guy had done his like work ketamine. Just, oh, I hate to, you'd hate to K-Hole as a guard in like the fucking LAX <laughs> Worst, worst situation Whilst since the Irish attacking. guy who like was in a K-Hole with Mary McAleese. <laughs> so. Yeah, while your base is under attacking you're like, oh for fuck's oh, sake. Oh no. Oh no. Oh boys. Uh, I did too much. It was all folded up in a little origami thing and it got on my hand and I, I had to do all of it. I couldn't put it back. So, so they bring in Solo and Kuryakin, they pull up the map at a sort of like weirdly awkwardly slow rate that like is hanging on one wall <laughs> to reveal the gas chamber. Actually they do this two times and it's like out of sync both times. Um, Solo offers the guard his grapes on the way out, which is a nice little touch. And then, like, the idea is, right, we're gonna put you in the, the fucking gas chamber and then you're gonna get Sissy Hypnode. Yeah. At the last second, I think this is like as the gunfight is breaking out with Steve and Annika, they like seize advantage of the uh, like seize the opportunity and like grab one of the dude's guns. They like make a grab for the guy's service weapon. Yeah, and shoot out a f- a and free and legal it. thrill. Mm-hmm. In the course of which, Leslie Nielsen he gets put in the sissy hypno chamber. Yeah, he gets they put him in the sissy hypno gets chamber. Punched into the sissy hypno chamber as Elia and Solo mm-hmm. run away, and like. This is this is fucking terrifying. Like Leslie Nielsen really yeah. sells this. Like his as it's like raising up and filling with gas and, and they're like, we can't stop it, it's irreversible. And and like he, he fucking sells like being scared, be like, get me out of here. Like you can't hear him because it's like soundproof, but he's like trying to shoot his way out and like bash his way out with his gun, and it's like it's really scary. What it what yeah. it legitimately so is good. is a mm. played completely straight and good piece of mime. Yeah. Like yeah. He yeah. he really is doing the like trapped in a glass box mime thing, but like completely like, straight. Tries to hold his and- breath when the gas comes in, but he can't hold it forever. And like the, the scientists are just like watching him, like fuck. Like, well, Kingsley's kind of like eh, maybe I could be into this actually, mm. which is kind of <laughs> like how you know he's evil. He's like, well, you know, now we're doing it. Yeah, see if, know it, if works it works or not. Like- yeah, he's like, yeah. well, shit. The seven wonders are down to five at this point. That's fine. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. 
But he mm-hmm. he gets gas. He's he's a bottom now. He comes out wearing the carriers. He does. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He's like totally suggestible. Has no initiative of his own. Yeah. Um, they even say they say yeah. why don't you come out? And he goes I haven't been told to. And it's like whoa. And he like key smashes for a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, outside, Solo and Kuriakin are nailing a, like, a, like, 26 times combo of perfect guy falling off of a ledge shots. That was the one stunt they had left in this. Guy falls off ledge. It's like fucking Sam Peckinpah in this shit. Like, every motherfucker is falling off of a ledge. Meanwhile, Mrs. Kingsley and Webb arrive, and we see that the betrayal has been orchestrated at the hands of our beloved missile defense guy, Mr. Missile. He's the guy who's done it. He gassed everybody. He was like, hey, do you want to do a bunch of ketamine exactly 30 minutes before you go on shift? And they were like, don't mind if I do. Sounds delightful. So, you know, never trust a missile guy. Easy mistake. Great anime betrayals. (laughs) Kingsley, Kingsley, like, has a scene where he's, like, looking for his keys in a hallway full of dead guards and then runs into his wife. The great great fallacy of the uncle villain. Not knowing where your keys are. Mm. Not knowing where your keys are. She is wearing what I can only describe as a plastic hat. Yeah, she is a serving cunt, is what she's fucking doing. Yes, yes, she is. Uh, and and Webb is eating some... that cunt. It's being served up, mm-hmm. and he's eating it. That's right. Yes, they get they get in the big conference room, and they pull guns on him. This is insanely hardcore. The dialogue here. Yeah, it goes she, she fucking uses hard. the evil voice. She legitimately almost does the line from the joke about using the evil voice. Yeah. You're a fool, Robert. A sick fool. Oh, there is also one other thing that I neglected to mention, which is in the previous gunfight, there's an alarm going off the whole scene. Mm-hmm. And this is this is maybe a loud drop, so I apologize. Maybe I didn't like dial this down. So I swear to God, the alarm is a guy going, uh like fucking Tina Belcher, <laughs> because it sounds like this. <laughs> and that la- uh... that lasts for like three minutes. <laughs> Uninterrupted in the background of all of this. The sound of me after jumping through the plate glass window to escape a party. (laughs) (laughs) Me playing cuffleball. Kingsley tries to reason with her, and he's like, "Come on, we're saving we're saving the world by doing this." And she says, "Humanity's dirt, and it always will be." He tries to argue, and she says, "What they crave? Gun, and that proves I'm right. That's the reality of power. I have the gun, and that proves I'm right. That's the reality of power." And I wrote, "Okay, but she is serving." Yeah. Yeah, and she and then and then she serves some more because she goes, you know what what people want isn't like you know kindness or peace or whatever. It's like a, 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 a like a whip in the hand yeah. of a master. Web says you people don't never a master. People don't want to be enlightened. Web says mm-hmm. and it's like God damn that fucking goes hard. And, and also check out this fucking Tumblr daddy dom shit, you know. Um, but so he 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 like uses his su- superior criminal mind, right? His criminal brain on them because he goes, uh, uh, "General Leslie Nielsen, kill him," which he does yeah. effortlessly because he, he had a gun the whole time. Bam, bam, puts it yeah, down. I would have taken that off him like, personally, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but he, we see that he like gr- is grieving his unfaithful, evil wife, is it, which is Does he nice. obey like any, he's any command like... he's given by anybody? Is it only Kingsley? Never mind, answers on a postcard, please. Anyone. At this point, yeah. um, I wrote down, Ilya and Solo, entirely unrelated to the plot at this point. Yeah, they steal a plane which has rockets on it. Incredible. They're like the building. how little bearing they are having <laughs> at present. It's, it's yeah, all it's Stephen like and his rules. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm. <laughs> and so... 
having thus grieved uh, Kingsley, goes to the thing, the console, to try and fucking activate the gas and enslave humanity, uh, and they perfectly nail him with a rocket. He ends up in like the Yamcha death pose, which I really does, like. Yeah. We see like, his bloody corpse, which is the f- yeah. That's we don't often see that in Uncle, and also we see that Uncle um they kind of repatriate his body. They kind of Uncle takes possession of Kingsley's body in like a coffin, and there's this moment where like Solo reflects on what he said, and it's like, did we do the right thing by doing this? Like, and mm-hmm. Waver is like, yes, Robert. <laughs> Waverly's oh, like, yeah, Waverly. it was the same thing for you. Uh, Wait, oh, Waverly's like, like, if it's during For Your Eyes Only, they just had cutaways to Bernard Lee in a hospital bed going, what? What do you Waverly know about, like you know about this Kessman shit they've got me on? <laughs> this boy <laughs> so, is intubated. There's nothing happening here. My man is out. Yeah, yeah. Leo Carroll, rest in uh, fucking then, peace, man. The the last shot of both this and the series, the man from Uncle, really well composed, is, is like them getting fucking General Leslie Nielsen, who is still like this forever, like purely like permanently suggestible, permanently sissy hypnote, um, on the plane, uh, and then the plane just, just fucking leaves, they just go, you know, it ends abruptly because it's like halfway into the season. And it's a really downbeat ending of just like, I don't know, man, maybe sometimes you gotta like uh, to kill a guy with a rocket. Uh, bye. I liked it. <laughs> but I mean, we will be back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's it like really accidentally good. a really like yeah. good downbeat ending. But like, god damn, dude. What a note to sort of end on, or at least to end on for a while, because of course we will be back for two more of these. But, but that's that's how to steal the world. I mean, the world's not really stolen. They were trying to steal it, really. But yeah, how to sissify the world yeah. would have been a better name, but obviously, yeah, I, I, I guess so. they hadn't created I mean, that word yet. So, what do we what do we have to have to say about how to steal the world, other than how good a pun I Steve in stereo is? <laughs> I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, I think I some of the directorial good. choices are unusual. The extreme close-up, some of the editing is a bit weird, and like technically, it's not brilliantly made. But like the writing kind of fucking goes hard. Like they really put effort into yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, like one of the things Leslie Nielsen gets all the hardest lines. One of the things he says to his boys before they were about to like start out of heaven is, "Like you are about to end military history. You are going to be the last soldiers on earth." Which I, it's like. It's intense shit to grapple with. Now they'd be like, well, like, that just happened. Like, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Like, and perhaps it's because it's an old fashioned way of speaking that it just comes across as having a greater gravitas than modern dialogue does. Yeah, but it's, really yeah, good. it's a good film. It's really good. To, to my Absolutely. mind, if um, I can tell that you're doing something with the way you're shooting something, I'll, I'll usually quite like it. So the fact that there are so many like extreme close ups as like a choice, I, I found to be quite fun. It, it definitely sets it apart from the rest of them. I don't know how effective it is in in instilling what you're supposed to get out of it, but I I massively enjoyed that they were doing things. I think this is my favorite uncle villain too. I really like Kingsley. Yeah, Kingsley's good. I, I'm not sure if it's my favorite villain or not. Um, I, th- I, I think know, Kingsley's good it, because he's he's very clearly he's doing this in pursuit of a better world, but there's definitely a moment which he becomes irredeemable. And you can like see him make yeah. the choice to be irredeemable. I think that's really solid. 
I mean, it's a, it's like yeah. a much more provocative and ideologically interesting as a villainous plan than like, I will break the Ten Commandments and then uh, question mark, <laughs> mark fall out mark. of a window. Rule the what? world. <laughs> and then I'm going to get blown yeah. up accidentally through no action of the good guy. What? Like, no, this is like at an interesting actually, plan. <laughs> yeah, at least they actually blow this guy up on them by their own like and accord. Yeah, the actor like really mm. sells it. They're just like, no, I'm 110% committed to this. I know how serious it is and I'm doing it. It's like, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a gas. You know, love a gas. And a gas. We do love a gas. We do love that gas. Um, We fucking love that gas. (laughs) Go on, go on. Yes. Gas, Batman. Isn't clear. I'm going to miss 60s Uncle. I'm going to miss it a lot. You know, the aesthetic and everything. I love seeing the stuff that it's influenced. Growing up, like, like my favorite thing ever was No One Lives Forever, the video game, which, like, now is in copyright hell. And it owes so much to this. And, like, seeing the sort of, like, the through lines has been very nice for me. I'm I'm going to miss the 60s a great deal because I I don't really think there's another series that we can do in in this season that is almost entirely in the 60s. For the no for the upcoming and and much lauded crimes season that we we keep pretending Yeah, robbery season. Yeah, robbery season. I do want to do all of the Pink Panther movies because there's a remarkably Hell large yes. amount of them and they're also all in the 60s and 70s. Our next thing after doing a couple more uncles is going to probably be Mission Impossible, which is going to take us into like the 90s. Yeah, I think it'll be nice to change gear, do something a bit more modern, a bit more action oriented. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We can always come back to the 60s and 70s. On the other hand, it's going to suck. I like the 60s more. But we have a science based racing system on this podcast that allows us to make these sorts of determinations. It's called the SCUM system, it stands for SMARM, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. So, on a scale of zero to seven, how SMARMY? Is how to steal the world? Not very, to be honest. Like, pretty, it's pretty low, isn't it? I think, and also we take points off for sincerity and just like having Napoleon Solo have an honest to god like ideological back and forth with the villain, being like, "This is blasphemous. Like, this is wrong. You can't do this." I really, en- I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, I honestly think it might be like a. I think there's a little bit of like the the fun back and forth we enjoy with like uh, you know Napoleon and Ilya. With the like, how do I inject the word help with dignity? Which yeah, is fun. Yeah. But I even that I think only like kicks it up to a, like a one. Yeah, even. I could go for one. Yeah. I, I can't think of a single like smarmy line at all. So yeah, one. Yeah. Cultural insensitivity. Um Biomission again ho- is ho- all it is. We've got the seven greatest yeah. minds in the world and it's all like white. It's yeah, not all white men, white. there's one woman. Yep. But it's That's all white. Um Oops, all so, Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong is sort of like not appreciably like it's the same as New York, but you have some like Buddha statues in your house. The Himalayas are in which. California. Do you want to you want to know one yeah. fucking thing though? All of all yeah. of the the big geniuses are all white, but remember when Solo wakes up in the location, all of That's the attendant women ladies. are Asian. Yes. So what the fuck does that say, huh? I think that's, you're not, allowed that's no to longer be... just omission. That's active. Yeah. Commission, yeah. And that's... that's also just like Asian women being uh, servile. and stuff. 100%. Yeah. Kingsley was on some weeb shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Three? We got to say like a three, yeah. Unprovoked violence. The film is kind of about that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sort of loath to, loath to punish it for that when it engages with it in a way that like... Especially for 1968, mm. pretty fucking like uh, thoughtful, you know. 
Yeah, hard to they, say. They, 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 do, they do sort of knowingly or semi-knowingly condemn Leslie Nielsen to being permanently bimbofied um, in a sort of like hoist by your own petard way. Yeah, but it's they also could not have unprovoked. To, mm, yeah, yeah, true. Not, yeah. There's, there's nothing unprovoked that we're supposed to forgive on the part of Uncle, and a lot of the unprovoked violence is supposed to like textually show us that this, this like greater mission is inherently failing because yeah. mm-hmm. the violence that Uncle commits is explicitly called into question by the film, actually. Yeah. Like, well, it's and it's left ambiguous whether this is justified or not. So. And there's no Uncle chops. Yeah, None. true. Not any. So. <laughs> oh, fuck. So. Oh, this movie sucks. Then actually, there's zero. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, m- oh. misogyny. Well, I mean, we ha- we have a capable, evil, uh, sexually betraying woman, which is like a bunch of misogynist anxieties rolled into one. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. right? We got a sort of a, a, a dutiful filial daughter, yeah, who does isn't really that drawn as a character and is like needs like she has a gun and her first action is to like give it to a dude named Steve. Yes, which Robert Vaughn doesn't try yeah. and fuck her though. That's true. Uh, Robert Vaughn like not really fucking anyone in this movie. Yeah, it hasn't he's gotten like a zero pussy MF for the last few for the last few His films. His dick is not getting wet. I mean, if anything, quite the opposite given that he's in a salt flat for mm-hmm. most of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. He'll so... just dry his hands on his jeans. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's it's I think I, I think it is a bit. Uh it it's sort of like Surprisingly, uh, sort of like forward about like, oh, this woman's fucking, but in a way that is designed to both titillate and also be like because she's evil. Yeah, I mean, um, in the Uncleverse, women are definitely in support roles unless they are evil. Mm-hmm. And also, like when they when they aren't, in just like in real life, if you, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you want to be like a, a real sort of like agent in your own life as a woman, you have to start lying for fun. And like being evil, mm-hmm. and that you know that's what led me to to start podcasting. Yeah, uh, and you know it, it'll take you to great places in your career, and also you know allow you to fuck a lot more. Yeah, so, it sure yeah. will. Yeah. What do we think? Hoppers. <laughs> I, I fucking I don't know two. Really? Four. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm ready to be done. I'm with looking this at the one. score sheet, and this is kind of important. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but it's my, three. The, the standard number exactly. when you're hedging it three three is the number where we hedge our bets so three okay that gives this a total score of seven double oh seven which makes it uh the best uncle film we've watched by some way but not quite the best film we've ever watched it's uh on a par with view um, to a kill and born supremacy but the best film we've ever watched is still the born identity on six so that fits. That fits yeah. to me because yeah, I yeah. don't think it is the best film we've we've ever watched, but it's in contention. It's mm. you know sort of within a hair's breadth of it. Definitely, um, I agree. Yeah. I think it's my favorite of the uncles. Um, this is although, actually, no, sorry, that's uncle. not true. Spy with my face is still my favorite. As problematic <laughs> as it is, it's it's just funny for being stupid. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, but, like imagine trying to put the vault in this movie. Like, how would yeah, you? Oh my god, the vault! The vault! I think about the vault every couple of minutes. Actually, it's it's constantly in my head. I've become obsessed with this too because, like, in in the course of look at these, I I look at what episodes they come from, and I, I I look at like list of Uncle episodes, and oh man, they did some fucking episodes, you, you know. Th- there's there's one in here with like a a possessed hula doll. There's a fucking what? perfume atomizers with a secret formula. There's one where like Solo and Kuriak can have to become roommates. It's, it's like. 
all of the just just getting a one line synopsis of a, a man from Uncle episode is a perfect tantalizing little glimpse. And now it's about to like slip out of my reach. Yeah, no. there is a degree to which I do um, want to just like watch these. Obviously, not for the podcast because there's eight hundred thousand, but I would just like in my own time to watch some yeah, of these. It's like a hundred and hundred and six, hundred and five episodes. Uh, yeah, beautiful. But there's one more film: make... The Return of the Man from Uncle, the fifteen years later. Fair. Right. It's a full length film. I just looked it up. It's ninety six minutes long. Um, so we'll yeah. have a full a full Uncle film to go out on That's before right. we bid goodbye to Robert Vaughan and David McCallum, oh, um, and then there'll that. be one left: the Super Cancel version. Yes, let's absolutely. fucking go. In the meantime, the next bonus episode, the next bonus episode <laughs> is gonna <laughs> what a be bet, motherfucker. Listen, listen. All right, I'm gonna I say bet one I thing. I can sideline you off this. You elected to serve me. You took a personal oath of loyalty. I now invoke that pledge of unquestioning obedience. <sighs> the next bonus episode, Pedro Almodovar's "Todo sobre mi madre." That's what it's gonna be, or fucking else. Thank you yes, for listening. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We have a Patreon, and you can subscribe to it, and you should, in order to hear that. And we will return with 15 Years Later Affair, the band from Uncle Brackets, uh, old Brackets Twink there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. Now, If you are listening to this on the free feed, it is my solemn duty to inform you that the winter of content has come to its conclusion. It is no longer winter. Uh, I went out on my balcony earlier and I did the sort of um, punxatawney fill thing and I went, we will not have six more weeks of winter, in fact. Uh, we will have six more weeks of content, but that content will be behind the Iron Paywall. And speaking of the Iron Paywall, we would be nothing without the love and support of our £15 and above patrons. And those are Candy Fox, Freya Aloysius, congrats on the fucking uh, kendo tournament, by the way, Freya. Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Mike Berg, Hannah Oberhart, Nick Boris, Kentucky Fried Commie, Yarrick, Nato Mori, Cohen Enright, Harriet Cock, Devon Secret Nemesis, Labour Delenda Est, A Girl Named Cat and a Cat Named Dreadful, Ozymandias, Beef Crime, Library Hitman, Max Gamenhart, Callan Burney, Jack Drummond, Jonathan Gurde, Hit Divine, Hell, J. Martindale, Lysamesh, Jonathan Siegel, Top O, Big Titty Goth Girl, Harrison Fuller, Mothman, George Rohack, Trip, Isopod Gal, Clara Roasting Marshmallows, Oh No, It's Andrew95, Violet Cybra, Alex, The Spy Who Ruined My Marriage, Liz and Ash in Florida, A Trans Robot, Men's Room Louie, Ronan, Annie Ruby, Connor's Cool Big Sister, Walscott, Safira Lucifer, Maz, How You Doing Maz, Zoe Shepard, Emily Has Given Up on Jokes, Sorry to hear that, Emily. <laughs> I hope that's not my fault. Elizabeth Cox, Finn Ross, Quinn Valeri, Roll History Pod, Josie, Alfredo, Artemis Potter and Elizabeth Ball, Turfsy, Shit and Die Alone, Ray Ariel, Wolfie, Al Irwing, Robert Greensmith, Millie, Josh Simmons, Lauren Bastin, and Loz Pycock. Thank you all so much. Gail James Bond is Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer, the wonderful Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. And I have an announcement to make in a few weeks' time. See ya.